Hi neighbors, my name is Brianna Snellgrove. Welcome to the Empathy Evolution. Co-host Becca McKeithen and I will converse with alternating guests and hosts from all walks of life to discuss important topics that apply to you, possibly a neighbor or a friend. As you tune in, we hope that you gain knowledge and possibly a new perspective. Our mission is to be advocates of empathy through active listening with openness and understanding, and we hope that you'll join us on our journey to a solution, the empathy evolution. Want to watch instead? Visit our YouTube channel to see what all the banter is about. You've taken the first step. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Empathy Evolution, the origin story. This is Brianna Selgrove (laughs) with Becca McKeithen. And just a precursor to this episode, we have already filmed five today. So the loopiness is on point. Some of me was kind of happy when I when we were like, oh, we don't have time to record this episode. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm a talker. And when the talker feels like they're done talking, you know you've been doing too much talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode's super important, though, I feel like, because Empathy Evolution is um, – it was kind of a pet project or was supposed to be a pet project. <laughs> um, let's talk about how, how difficult it is to keep up with podcasts. So to develop and produce a podcast, it is not for the faint of heart. I know that there's a lot of people that do it, um, but those people are very smart, very intelligent, very um, driven individuals because to produce a podcast um, – it takes a lot of work. There's a lot of logistics involved. There's a lot of equipment involved. And to have a really good one, um, it takes a lot of time. Well, okay. So, yeah. So, let's go to that origin because <laughs> – so, I had this idea. So, I, like, threw this idea out on Facebook. And I had had this idea for a while. And I wanted to do, like, a almost like a small town – It's called Small City Chats, right? View. And I was going to call it Small City Chat. I really wanted it to be, like, a, like a pared-down view – but more localized, also hearing lots of different voices, having kind of like a mixture of co-hosts. And uh, But I knew I wanted Bree to be part of it because Bree is the only person I knew that is one of those intelligent, highly driven, <laughs> amazing, capable. You're sweet. And whatever, it's the truth. <laughs> uh, because my idea was, hey, we're just going to go live on Facebook like once a week. <laughs> and so I was I like, go, oh, okay, once a week. Uh, that's. Well, yeah. then it turned okay. into, I mean, I was just like, I just thought, you know, like when you go to the grocery store and there's the like the mini potatoes and like the little bag, and then there's like the five pound bag of gigantic Yukon gold Yukon. I'm potatoes. so excited for where this is going. I'm the small potatoes. <laughs> you're the five pound bag <laughs> of up. gigantic Yukon gold potatoes, and this is the truth. And so I go over to Bree's house and we're talking. You know, we're talking about, it and she's like, you know what? So she, oh, I missed the whole story. So I was supposed to, so if you're on Facebook Live, you already heard this, but like I literally show up to her house like thinking we're having a casual conversation, like, hey, she's Brought chips just and like, salsa. She, yeah. She's like, we're just gonna like this is gonna like I just have this idea. And she's like, I think it's a wonderful idea. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And she like rolls out this damn whiteboard, <laughs> you know, like we're building a company, and she's like, What do you want people to get from this? Who's your listener? Let's talk about that person. And I'm like making stuff up. And I'm like, I don't know who Me. I'm going to listen to myself. Perfect. Like that really was really who I. What was her name? I don't remember. But it was based off of myself because that was the best I could come up with. That's how vain I am. And uh, I don't think that's vain. I think that it's, I think it's relevant. (laughs) It was. It was. 
in my marketing brain though, like it, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Because anytime you bring something to me and you're like, hey, and I was just, I just met with Met Mally like two days ago, <laughs> and they came to me with the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, we have this idea and we want to call it this. And I was like, I love that idea. However. <laughs> But I'm so happy because at the end of the day, what I really wanted to do was to increase people's interaction with using empathy when they were talking and communicating with other people. For people to stop interacting on Facebook and only seeing things through their perspective and giving others understanding and maybe being a little bit more open to why somebody else may feel the way they feel instead of just assuming everyone who disagrees with you is stupid and don't lie, Facebook world, you know you have interacted with those people. And I think on the majority, people get so sick of Facebook and social media platforms for that reason. It can be so polarizing. And, um, and so, you know, I really believe empathy is the path to peace. I want our community to be a better place, but I really want the world to be a better place, a more empathetic place. And for us to really, I think empathy is within us, but if it's not nurtured and it's not an, it is really a verb. If it's not utilized, you, you, you don't, then you really don't know how to use it. And, uh. Or you forget. You don't use it for it. good. You don't. I mean, you. Well, I, I think, think some that's, people don't even know what it is. Quite that's honestly, the, that's I think I was one of those people. The pitch that you gave me, yeah, um, and along with other things, and I think what what really struck me as important about this conversation is that um, no matter who you are, where you are, or what you look like, who you who you know, who you love, I think that everyone experiences that moment where all you want to do is process judgment and anger on something that you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. or you feel like someone's um, pinning something against you or, you know, else uh, otherwise. But I think I think the biggest thing I took away from that is that um, that's how, how, kind of how we came up with the the whole mission statement was absolutely you know, to be advocates of empathy through listening and understanding um, from people of all walks of life. And I think that that was so important to me because it's such a timely subject um, for everything right now. Well, and I appreciated that because when you bought into it, I will say, like, I was like, you believing in it and thinking it was a great idea was like, oh my God, Brie thinks I have a good idea. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but it was, but it was like that for me because I, so, you know, you and I have been talking a lot about anagrams the past couple of days and I had already known what my anagram was, but I had to really, I had a kind of an awkward conversation with one of my mentors this week Somebody I've never had awkward conversation with, always have been positive. And I really was like, why did that conversation not go as well as I think either of us wanted it to? It was a conversation we were super excited to have. Right. We were going to be able to kind of work together again. And um, and then and she was like, you sound disappointed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not meaning to sound disappointed. And I wasn't even disappointed. And I was like, why do I sound disappointed to her? And why does she sound like so stressed out to me. And so it was just like this awkward, awkward exchange. So, so it was all about Enneagram. It really was. So at the end of the day, I ended up tech, not end of the day, like we got off the phone. I was like, I just want you to know, I'm so glad we had this talk. I'm super excited. I'm sorry if my tone seemed, I, I, I didn't say I'm sorry. I said, I apologize if my tone seemed off. I could tell you were stressed. And I think my internal helper quality just couldn't help but want to solve all those problems right. for you that you weren't even necessarily expressing to me. And you wanted me to be 
and when and when I couldn't solve those problems that it may have come across to you as disappointment. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, she says, because I'm an Enneagram 8. And so then we kind of started having this. And we were, like, laughing and LOLing. And, and all of a sudden, we were back <laughs> to our normal interaction. Yeah. Um, I, I think And so I think my helper quality <laughs> seeks – but I seek to be vindicated a lot or, like, validated. Okay. And so you – well, both. I can seek both depending on <laughs> if I'm healthy, average, right. or like doing not so well. Um, but uh, you agreeing to it, believing in it, getting excited and inspired by it was so, so validating for me. So I know you say that, but I was like, yeah, I was fangirling a bit over it. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm flattered. But honestly, I think it it's it was an easy thing to get excited about. I mean, I think... There's a lot of things that I've done with marketing and right now, and I think the conversation that you said you have with your friend is a lot of the conversations right now. Absolutely. So a lot of the conversations are around, you know, okay, hey, um, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry for what I said when I was angry or that my kids are not in school today or that I have COVID or someone in my family has COVID or, you know, the political landscape is crushing my soul. There's so many things right now that are crushing people emotionally and mentally that everyone's kind of having this exposure to feeling differently than they normally would. And they don't even realize oh. it until someone's like, Hey, and I, and I normally give people grace. I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's so much empathy that has to exist around everyone's going through shit right now. Exactly. You have to give understanding before judgment because if we were giving judgment, and I think there are times where people are, but when we, so empathy is I give you understanding instead of judgment or I give you understanding before I judge your situation or right. before I judge your opinion. And I think our, and I know this is going to be released right away, but our last podcast that we did with Monica Silver Sanford, I think is going to hit so many of those things. What she literally stood up after and she said, all of you brought something to the table in regards to your opinion over that specific topic right? that so many people would relate to. But instead, we kind of get in these polarizing lines of A or B, when really people's experiences is A through Z and probably, you know, some double A's and some double right. B's and some double C's. And so it's like, we can only judge others through the lens of our own experience. Right. So when we choose empathy, we're saying, I'm going to give you understanding before judgment because judgment comes out of my own experience. But understanding means I'm willing to learn before I pinpoint and say, well, you're doing this and you're this way and you are this because you did this thing. And it's like, yeah. maybe I need to understand who they are a little bit more because maybe they're not everything I've judged them to be. So with Empathy Evolution, I think our challenge to everyone who listens is to just get a glimpse of their lens, right? Like just yeah. get just get a little perspective and it takes 30 minutes. That's what our episodes are, 30 to 40 minutes. I don't even minutes. think sometimes it takes that long. I think it doesn't, but even just your willingness probably would improve your interactions with it others. It would. It would. And I, and I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about some of the topics we have on the podcast. So some of the episodes we've had so far, so we had um work and diversity um, with Brie McCastle. That one's already out. Um, Katie Hicks is a, a big uh, advocate for social warrior. justice. Yep. Um, we, uh, what was our third one? Did we have a third one? Um, yeah, we had uh, uh, we had uh, allyship with oh, Amy Donegan. That was right. an that was amazing episode. One. I loved that every 
all of us were were allies on the episode. So instead of coming in and we were talking about allyship with only allies, all of us are cisgendered uh, female heterosexuals. We were having this super interesting conversation right. about allyship, but not trying to say, oh, we understand everything about the LGBTIQ. I'm sorry, LGBTIAQ plus community. We love you. I think I just repeated the Q twice. That's okay. It's okay. I really do try to say it right, but I talk too fast. (laughs) I need to practice talking slower, (laughs) but also not sounding like a weirdo when I talk slower. (laughs) (laughs) I can't hear that. <laughs> Listen, we saw, we said we recorded five episodes today, so you'll have to give us grace. Um, and then I want to talk about some of the other episodes. So the, some of the other episodes are include. Um, so today was a good one. So we filmed five episodes today. Um, so it was really crazy. We went into the the podcast room, and we, we were actually going to have this conversation first between Becca and I. Yeah, and we all sat around the table. And somehow the conversation of September 11th came up because it's the 20th year anniversary. In two and, days. And I was like, okay, I think we, it like hit us like a ton of bricks. Yeah, we like, we got to record, we got to record. And then the conversation kept happening. And instead of me resisting it, which is normally something I would do to force the situation, I was like, you know what? This seems like it would be relevant to conversation. It was really good because all of us had different perspectives of being in our teens. And, you know, Travis is a little bit older. So he was 18, a fresh, you know, new coming into his coming adulthood. into adulthood. I was 13 or 14, you were 15. And so we talked about our experience with September 11th, um, where we were, what was happening. And so it was a really interesting conversation. So that one's going to come out soon. And then we had our next one, which was with Shanna Pearson. And uh, a lot of you that are watching Facebook Live are not going to know her, but there are some of you who do. And she runs a business called 35 Coaching. She's in Oklahoma, and I met her at a retreat. And we talked about like Simone Biles and the pressures of mental health on high-level athletes or young athletes that are moving into collegiate athletics. Almost like these unrealistic expectations yes. we have in regards to young people. And a performance. I mean, it's almost like we're setting them up to not have healthy mental health. <laughs> That's right. And 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 it's I don't think anyone's setting them up. I think there's this we set it on ourselves. So as a former collegiate Absolutely. athlete, your your mission is to win, right? That's your your mission is to compete to win, right? But there's there's not enough space in communication. And maybe there is now. I think back when I was was swimming and it was different. Um, was that there's not enough communication on how are you doing if you don't perform well or how are you doing if, you know, others are not. I or think even that team, maybe something's going on in your personal life right. too. Yeah. And so and, and on ins. top of being a collegiate athlete, you also have to adjust to moving away from home. That may be the case. You know, you have a whole new group of friends. And so I th- we talk a little bit about that on that episode. And um, Shannon was fabulous. She was. And I don't think that all of our listeners probably know that you were a collegiate athlete. So when you were referring to your own experience in that just now, Bree was a collegiate swimmer. Okay, look, it's it sounds really fancy, but my mother knew that I was super clumsy and I sprained both ankles in soccer. And she's like, yeah, no contact sports for you. <laughs> just contact with the water, baby. Contact with the water, baby. But you know what? <laughs> That's still super impressive because I wasn't a collegiate athlete at all. <laughs> Listen, at you know what? It's I was the volleyball manager in high school. Hey, people need managing. 
don't discredit that. I mean, I'm not saying I was a good one. I just, <laughs> all my friends played volleyball, but I didn't. Uh, Nor did I want to. Well, but I well, wanted to ride the bus. Hey, the cheese wagon is a fun place to be. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, good time. I, I want to touch on a couple of the other episodes. So we had Monica, which we already kind of talked about, but yep. we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, well, I didn't say what the topic was. Ooh. But she's a medical professional, so you guys can guess. We talked about the big V. We don't mean <laughs> her virginity or vagina. <laughs> we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Turn me down. So funny. We talked about the big <laughs> the vaccine. Dun, right. dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Dun, 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 dun. Oh wait, wait. You said the big V. Wait, I can't, well, that's as big as I. <laughs> My lord. I'm trying. Hey, it's Bree here. Thanks for listening to Empathy Evolution. We'll get right back to the show, but I want to take a couple of minutes to give a shout out to some incredible friends and sponsors. First up is Empathic Practice. When I talked with owner Felipe Munoz, he was so excited to support our mission at Empathy Evolution. If you haven't heard of them, uh, I'll tell you that they've quite literally changed my life. They're a holistic wellness clinic that's in Pensacola, Florida, and they provide services like massage therapy, mindfulness and meditation coaching, and they have a physician named Dr. Haas who can determine if you qualify for a medical marijuana card. I'm a huge supporter of Felipe and his business, and I'm grateful that he is a sponsor for our show. Check him out by visiting their beautiful website full of resources at empathicpractice.us. Up next is Scarlet Magazine. This is the publication you guys have been waiting for, the latest in women's fashion, beauty, home decor, lifestyle, and health. They say we at Scarlet aren't afraid of something new. We aren't afraid to be different, and we don't care who you are, who you love, or what you look like. We want to empower women of all shapes and sizes and walks of life. And if that doesn't describe Becca and I in a nutshell, I don't know it does. So check out the latest issue of Scarlet Magazine in the Pensacola Destin area, or you can view the digital subscription at issue.com. You can also visit their website at scarletmag.com or visit their Facebook page to see what they're up to. Because frankly, we know you give a damn. Becca and I want to thank you for listening and remind you that we put our blood, sweat, and tears into this production my team at Social Icon does all the producing and promotion and Becca's nonprofit, Food Raising Friends, does all the giving and we we continue to support her in doing that. We appreciate all who listen and hope you'll show us some love by leaving a review, sharing or sending us a note of what you liked best about the conversation. Now, back to the show. For anyone who's going to be listening uh, to the crazy. podcast down on Facebook, you missed it. So, um, but Oh, I, I know, right? This is really complex. It's okay. Because these people that are going to just hear audio won't see the video we're making right now. The people who are seeing video can't hear the awesome sounds that they we can, can hear. They can if they try hard enough. They'll find it. They'll find it. Um, so You're the beat in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I th- it, so we talk about the vaccine. Monica Samford, we, she's a nurse practitioner Brilliant. at West Florida Hospital, Baptist Hospital, Sacred Heart. She works in cardiology. She's very well respected in the medical community. She is... A, she's a Marine for Marine. She's decorated, awarded, um, and also very cool. Oh, she's super cool. But she also, I mean, she has spoken on national in uh, national conventions That's of right. platforms. She has a huge, huge sphere of influence in the medical community. We're very lucky to have her in Pensacola. I mean, we have so many amazing people in Pensacola. And then we were able to even pull someone in from Oklahoma. That's the cool thing about 
this not being small city chat, but becoming empathy evolution really right. was that your vision was, Becca, small city chat is just too small uh, in scope. Empathy and, affects everyone. And then and the empathy evolution being able to be a much larger platform. In addition, though, I think you brought such efficiency to it because I was like, okay, so we get together once a week. And you're like, no, 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 no. We no. can like record four or five or six episodes at a time, which has been better for both of us because it's a challenge just to get the one day or the prep for the two days to get these recordings done. Bree and I both have kids. We both run businesses. Um, yep. This is our side project that is our passion project. Yep. Um, Bree tends to fit more in the scope of actually what she does for a living. Me, it just sounded like fun. <laughs> and since it was my idea, I guess I kind of have to be a part of it. I'm stuck now. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you just feels like another work day, but you're like, dang. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I, I think, I think it's, it's super important. And I, I think that um, efficiency, if you're learning about podcasts. So the best way to run a podcast is to schedule a production day record six to eight episodes if you can make it work if they're hour-long episodes maybe you only get four but you release them in small snippets depending on how often you release them so you're welcome there's your marketing one-on-one for podcast um but i think that i can't believe you gave all the people that for free oh whatever y'all can send us your contributions for that (laughs) well-spotted advice there will be more of that if you keep listening so stay tuned um i think that one of the major um things too that we talked about is about diversity um but also we talk with one of my very closest friends haynes scott who is non-binary and is two-spirited and has the pronouns uh, identifies as they them and is transitioning and i mean I feel like every time I talk to Hain, like my whole body just relaxes. Like Hain oh is my just gosh. like this walking piece of like I, she's just he, they it, they them he she they are so peaceful in their demeanor, mm-hmm. right? And so we we talk with Hain um, about gender biases in pronouns, people that have. Um, maybe hesitations about pronouns or they're confused about pronouns or the journey of how they've come to this place. And if you're going to be learning about uh, or experiencing a relationship with someone who is non-binary for the first time, Hayne is such an amazing person. So patient. Because even when you were just down, you're like, oh, I'm fumbling around. And the truth be be told, you could interact with someone. We talk about it on the episode that some people are really struggling and they're going to be very definite in like – they do not want to be misgendered. Hain is so patient. And so it gives you this chance to really experience empathy along the journey of accepting someone whose uh, gender identity is different than your own. I've enjoyed meeting them. I appreciate you introducing us and look forward yeah. to having them back on the show. And then we also, today, we had Nan, uh, Nan Foster, who is a good friend of mine mm-hmm. and just a powerhouse. I mean... Um, Let's talk about that since we yeah, have to do it live. She about what she's doing tomorrow morning. Yeah, because literally she's leaving at four thirty in the morning. Heart of gold. I mean, runs multiple companies, is involved in uh, charities both on the local level, also with some charities out of Nashville that she even mentions on the show um, that she's been heavily involved in because of a, of a, of a good friend of our hers who passed away from uh, pancreatic cancer. Mm. She. Knows everyone, does everything, is good at a million things, and but she will. 
I'm just so, I feel so honored to know her. She uh, and I got together last week um, in something regard, in regards to food raising friends. She's a huge supporter of food raising friends, along with a plethora of other charities. She, uh, when we were going through COVID and couldn't get food, she was ordering, helping me get food through her distributor. She had like access to six where I only had access to like two mm. or three. Just an amazing person. Um, she is so passionate about serving her community, but also taking care of her neighbors. So our yep. neighbors in Louisiana have been hit so hard by Hurricane Ida. You've recorded a little promo spot for it. We will be releasing her episode so soon. But she came on and she was talking about, like, this is the real deal need. You may not 100% know what's going on. Maybe you're only getting a snidbit. She is getting calls from her connections here, there, and everywhere, identifying those really, really needy areas that are not getting that kind of public widespread high population. Um, high population areas are coverage, getting those yeah. are getting those the coverage. They're getting those resources. They're getting the American Donations Red Cross right in there. But there's other areas in Louisiana, and we all know we live in a small town and by a big town, that there's desolate areas. She's really been key in identifying those in Louisiana. She's leaving at 430 tomorrow. They're going to be feeding over a th- – should be feeding right at, if not more than 1,000 people. Food mm. Raising Friends gave them $250 or 250 bags of not groceries that Brie helped pack yesterday. So they'll be passing out those. I think they were going to a nursing home. Um, and then she's also gathering up support. She's already planned an event with Kim Anderson of Sunbelt Trust, who absolutely title, title sorry, title, who happens to be my cousin. She is also amazing. And she uh, they're planning this thing called, I loved it, Acts of Acts of Kindness. Acts of Kindness. It's I knew it was act, I was like acts of so, caring or something. Yeah. Here are the here are the two things you can do right away. So if you <laughs> have the heart of volunteering and you're like, man, I'm really being called to go to Louisiana right now. You can go with them tomorrow at 4 a.m. to go to Louisiana. Yeah, I've called it cutting board. Join Jan on her caravan. So the Nan caravan. <laughs> join join the Nan caravan, right? Um, and so she's leaving at 4 a.m. tomorrow and um, we'll put her information in the comments here. Um, and for those listening on the podcast, we're just going to give a little bit of information of of what the immediate need is in Louisiana. So the second thing that you can do is that you can um, join that that Acts of Kindness. Is Acts of act- Kindness will be on September uh, 29th. Yep. Everything's and she'll be collecting donations up till the 29th. And then they're going back to Louisiana on the 30th. And I will be going with her on the 30th. So I'm super excited about that with Food Raising Friends. And um She's just a powerhouse and, yeah. and just hard. Like I said, I mean, when I say hard or gold, I mean, literally solid gold. I mean, Midas must have touched her heart because she's amazing. Oh, that's and so then, cute. I know, right? And then did we have anybody else on today? We, golly, it's been such a long day. Um, I mean, it, Travis Gina, is with us today. So Travis, Travis, a little bit about Travis. Travis is. Um, I'm going to pull up the schedule just to make sure we're not forgetting anybody. Yeah. Travis is someone that I met at, um, uh, at the kind of the height of the pandemic or just after and so Travis and his birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Travis. Um, we uh, he is my kind of sound engineer, um, video uh, production specialist. So any live events that we have or virtual events, um, any recordings, interviews, video content and podcast, he sits in with me and makes sure that everything runs 
cleanly and uh, properly and efficiently. He's only not here because he knew that I could handle this by myself. So he went home to his family. You're an empowered woman. What can I say? I've only been learning for the last 10 months. I should know how to turn the button on. Um, But yeah, I think it's it's been helpful for have him here. And so I think we're just going to include him as a host because he's here anyway. Oh, he has great perspectives. I really enjoyed him today. He brought up things that I had thought about. And that's one thing I have loved about the way we have done this. Obviously, when we first planned this, were we planning on talking about Hurricane Ida? No. No. Were we probably even planning about talking about the vaccination at the time? No. We have really made the decision to let this be very organic. What is happening in the moment is what we're going to talk about, what we've allowed ourselves to talk about. And we have also made the decision we don't have to be experts. One of the things I loved about having Travis today was the last time we recorded, I hadn't really heard his opinions on a lot of things. Today, when he was sharing, I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Oh, that's a really good point. Oh, you know way more about history than we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And But to allow ourselves to not be, hey, we're the experts on empathy. Listen to us. It's been more a practice in empathy for us as well. That's what's so exciting about this to me. I feel like every time I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that people group. Oh, I hadn't thought about that uh, situation or circumstance that might be impacting somebody else in their decision or your experience is so varied from mine. And some of it is you and I are friends, long-term friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely years where we didn't communicate as much, but we've always had a connection. And I don't think you and I 100% agree on everything or that our experience have been identical, but right. we do talk a lot. So sometimes we walk into something and it's like, I already kind of know how you feel. You already kind of know how I feel. So inviting our guests and allowing them to teach us has been huge. If people only had to listen to me and you all the time, I mean, it'd be great content, but but it wouldn't I mean, be a practice in empathy all the time because you and I have kind of already maybe divvied all that up in a phone call. Right. It wouldn't be that authentic practice. Of experiencing empathy. Right. There's no no sense in putting yourself in a bubble because it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. So I think... There's I, a sincerity to to all of this. Yeah, certainly. Which I love. I, I love it too. And I think um, if I... Let's let's maybe... I, I wrote questions down because this is my life. Um, who are we? I'm Brianna Snellgrove and I run Social Icon Agency. I thought I was supposed to ask you that question. Okay. Hey, so I'm going <laughs> to ask you a question. Hey, Becca, okay. who are you? <laughs> Well, you know, it's so funny because I feel like when I put things out on social media, everybody already like knows me. Oh, oh! By the way, so stomp the uh, the stigma. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> um, I put like put it up in the air quotes. And so, knowing this is going on at a different platform where people maybe don't know me, so I'm Becca McKeithen. I have. Um, I'm wife to Chase for, it'll be 15 years Holy in March. Smokes. So, you know, we're at about 14 and a half years married. We've been together since we were 18. I've been with mm. him every year of my adult life. Um, some of which I think is incredible that we made it. And some of it I go, oh, God, <laughs> I've been with him every year of my adult life. <laughs> we're never together. What am I going to do? I won't know how to adult without him. Uh that's codependency at its finest, which is also a trait of an unhealthy <laughs> anagram, too. Um, I am the oldest of four kids, mm-hmm. and my father is an oldest child. I married an oldest child, and um, so I come from a long line of oldest. My dad's an oldest. His father was an oldest. His father was an oldest, so uh, it's kind of interesting in that regard. And um, my and so I have a younger sister. She's two years younger than me. We didn't get along forever, but now we're best friends. I have two brothers. Uh, 
we are all very alike and yet extremely different. I think all of us hold very, super varying political beliefs, uh, religious beliefs and affiliations. Um, I find that really fascinating. My parents are old hippies. <laughs> uh, so I definitely grew up um, a little bit different. But, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. I had a very normal life. But my parents, they just they never have escaped that hippie thing. And when people meet my mom and finally talk to her, they're like, I get it. Like, I, like once they meet her, they're like, oh, I get why you say your parents are old hippies. I'm like, yeah, you know. Um, but they're, they're amazing. I love my parents. I have a great relationship with parents. I'm very lucky. I don't, I, you know, I, I am so privileged to be part of the family I am. I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon at all. Um, my dad, I think he made about $19,000 a year, and then we were a family of six. Oh, boy. So when when I, my heart for food raising friends um, wasn't even born out of lack of need for myself, but of others helping me as a child. So I want to be that person that helps another child so they feel empowered as they grow up. Because I never wondered where my where a meal, I never wonder if there's going to be food on my table. There always was. Right. I want to gift that to other children who, you know, maybe aren't living as a, a affluent of a life. So tell us about what Food Raising Friends is. Yeah. So Food Raising Friends is totally like uh, my passion. So I have two kids. I didn't mention that. I have a 10, almost 10. She'll be 10 next, in next week. And I have a six-year-old. I founded it when my son was one. So my son Jackson does not know a life without Food Raising Friends. <laughs> uh, my daughter was four. And it was founded because my, ch- my daughter was able to get into the Head Start program in Santa Rosa County, which the primary population served by Head Start is children who live at or below the poverty line. And there, at the time, uh, it was 2018. Well, we technically got founded in like, we started in like 2016. So in 2016, I was sitting in a meeting and they were talking about 68 families in the school that were food needy. And I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, okay, you yeah. can tell me they're food needy, and obviously, that me- food needy needs food. Okay, I got that. But what, what is that? Numbers? What's the what's the tangible need? They were like, well, these are children who either get their primary nutrition from school, or they are go- they are literally going home to a home that may not always have food for them. Mm. And I'm there was a blip in the program. <laughs> there was a blip in the program. <laughs> Okay, so we are we're at fifty five minutes, and at yeah, this point we're rambling, rambling. And if you are with us for this long, bless you, and thank you for joining us on Empathy Evolution. If you have questions, you have a guest that you'd like to have on. If you'd like to be a guest, just <laughs> we would love to have you. And yes. there is an interest survey form on my personal Facebook at Becca P. McKeithen that is public and I can always put that on. Yeah, put that in the put that in the comments on the I Facebook. I absolutely live. will. We would love to have you. It is actually still labeled small city chat. Um because I know, I know. Maybe I should just redo it. Maybe I should put that on my plate to redo that survey. No, just retitle it. it. Uh but I will put it on there. We would love to have you. We don't just want to hear from ourselves. We really do want to hear from others. I think that's the whole point. Yeah, send it. Send an email to Becca at empathyevolution.com. That's probably the easiest yeah. way to get in contact. Um, we don't have a website yet. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. We technically um, own a website. We just haven't developed it yet. Hey, it's on the plate. <laughs>
Good for you for not putting it on the plate. It's just there for for when we're ready. We got a placeholder. <laughs> but you know, if if you're just now tuning in too, listen to the first 20 minutes. That was really good content. The the rest is just been for fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for joining us. You know, I go to like minute 12. I'm sure it'll be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play a game. <laughs> We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate your support. And uh, we really love our community. We really do want to make it a better place, which is why we want you to be part of the Empathy Evolution. You missed the thing. Oh, I don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stay kind, my friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.